you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I think that it goes without saying, but I will say it for those that may be uninformed. The leadership of Christian Life Church has been under attack. The enemy has done everything within his power to take our focus off of the things of God. Church growth, revival. And others that are here tonight, like Brother Jason Emery and Sister Shauna, I just want to pause for a moment in this message and say how much I appreciate people who put their best foot forward on their worst of times. That's in order. I understand that you're still in the struggle. But you just got to look around you tonight and understand it's 2022. And we're still standing. If the enemy had it his way, he would have taken every one of us out. It would have been the car accident. It would have been the disease. It would have been the sickness. It would have been the the divorce. But here you are tonight, and you are still standing. When the enemy thought you would lose your mind, God gave you sanity to be able to get through things the enemy wanted to take you out with. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. The last two years have been trying times. Thank God for the incredible report that my wife has received. We had braced ourselves at this last surgery for the worst of news. When she went in for the surgery, they actually found a second location. And they said, this looks incredibly suspicious. When she got in the car, I detected the lack of faith. Her faith was strong, but the worry, let me rephrase that, the worry, the concern, we were both concerned. When we received the call, it was almost, we were almost just, it seemed surreal. It was almost shocking and incredible news. And to watch her strength come back and her hair grow, 
But I want to tell you, we didn't make it through that by ourselves. And these that are still in the struggle tonight can't make it by themselves. They need the strength of the church to come alongside them during their hard times and say, I'm here. Here's you a place to sit down. Let me stand beside you. Let me lift up your arms. Let me pray for you. Let me practice an accessory prayer. It was the strength of others, the prayer of others, the love of others, the support of others that saw us through. Everybody shout others. We need one another. As I walk to this podium tonight and I look across this congregation, I'm both honored and humbled. Honored to be standing in this position and humbled by the responsibility that is placed upon my shoulders today to cast vision for some incredible people, to present new leadership and new structure to this congregation tonight that I believe through prayer and fasting and deep, deep consideration that the Lord has set us at this point and I believe it is what is going to move this church forward. The role of a pastor is more than just your preacher, more than just the church leader. This job requires more than just being a counselor or a therapist. While this job includes visiting the sick and doing hospital calls and performing weddings and funerals and preaching and other pastoral duties, it goes much deeper than that. Because the souls of men and women are laid upon the shoulders of the ministry of this church. And without help, this leader could become easily weary and unable to bear the burden. That's why we must have people that come alongside your leadership and says, come on, we're going to carry this load together. I want to just, just say this tonight. I'm just going to say what's on my heart. Is that all right? Just so y'all know, I normally come with about 10 to 12 pages of notes, and I have 23 pages tonight. Everybody say, Lord, have mercy. I'm not hired for this job. I'm called to this job. I'm called to feed the flock of God that the Holy Ghost has made me an overseer. I'm required by God to take oversight of the house of God, to preach the truth without fear or favor of man, to exhort, to reprove, and to rebuke with all long-suffering and doctrine. Let me just say tonight, I may not always be understood, but I promise you, I love every one of you in this place. And I take the job that God has called me to very seriously because this is God's church. And this is God's business. And this is serious business. Businesses come and go, but the church of the living God is built upon a rock. And even the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I'm in a pretty secure business. I'm in the work of the Lord. It is the best place to be. And I'm going to tell you tonight, you need to get your family, if it's not already, Make the church the center of your family. 
Oh, come on, give God praise for that. The church ought to be what your life is about. The church ought to be what your family's about. God ought to not get what's left. God deserves what's first. He ought to get our best. This church is about others. Over the past 18 years of my pastorate, we've navigated through many transitions and struggles, many of which I believe continues to be what has brought blessing and growth to this assembly. There's been a few things we've started and realized we were on the wrong road and backed up and started over again. I've made many mistakes. I told somebody, I told a group last night that I was meeting with, I said, I learned how to preach on this church, and they still let me be their pastor. I learned how to lead uh, in this church filled with failures. I don't come standing before you, not a man that's ever made mistakes. I'm full of mistakes. I'm still full of mistakes. Please don't try to point them out. My wife is here. I want to take this time to thank this church tonight for opening your arms and welcoming, welcoming new members into this church. That's what growing churches do. You receive new people and make them feel like they've always been a member of this church. That's what we do. We love them and we let God get them cleaned up and holy and righteous and looking right and talking right. Let's let God do that. Let's love them and teach them and preach to them and let God do everything else. To those who lead or volunteer in any capacity of the church, I want to say thank you. You're doing a good work. And someday, you're going to hear him say, well done, and that is what really matters. I want to just take a little time tonight and honor a few folks in this house. Is that all right? I got 23 pages. I can just go on preaching if you want me to. I want to just take my hat off tonight and honor a few people. And I have to start with my wife tonight who works tirelessly beside me. You have no idea the work and the labor that she puts in this church behind the scenes. The prayer, the study, the dedication. I thank God for a role model. I thank God for her love for the church. And she's going to be speaking to us a week from Wednesday. And you better get everybody here a week from Wednesday because she's going to bring the word. Through her sickness, she hasn't had the strength to speak. But God has strengthened her and she's still standing. And she's going to be in this pulpit talking to us. I want to give honor to my three sons, two which are not here tonight, but one which is, who gave their childhood and youthful years to the work of this church gave up more than any of us will ever know, allowed their mom and dad to fulfill a position that God has called us to. And I don't regret one bit of causing them to have to sit in here while we're in meetings or drug them all over the country when I'm preaching somewhere because all three of them are living for God, working in ministry. They're not perfect, but they're doing a good job. And I'm proud of them, every one of them. I wish I could honor our late bishop tonight. 
happens when I fast. <laughs> and when I'm not fasting too. He faithfully served this assembly for 38 years. I'm not even halfway there. But thank God for that generation. Many of which have gone on and a few of which are still remaining. God, let them remain until you return. Because we need the strength of that generation. But they have brought us to where we are. This church is standing on a firm, strong foundation. Our assistant pastor, worship leader, drummer, preacher extraordinaire, Brother Danny, we love you, your passion, your faithfulness. Pastor Danny's going to be giving some pastoral oversight to some new areas of the church that he hasn't before. He's stepping into some new roles. Going to be leading some ministries, some of our served ministries, taking on responsibility while he's running a business and raising two boys. He says, I got more time to give. I'm going to give it. Whatever I have, I'm going to give it. Thank you, Brother Danny. I appreciate all you're doing. I'd be amiss if I didn't honor his lovely wife, Sister Cheryl. She fills more roles in this church than anyone else. She does it with excellence. She serves as a church administrator, financial secretary, music minister, promotions director, my personal secretary, assistant pastor's wife. My Lord, have mercy, what else can she need? And we simply could not be where we are as a church if it wasn't for her faithfulness and her desire for excellence. Thank you, Sister Cheryl. <laughs> to our student pastors, Brother Brandon and Sister Ashley Newcomer, thank you for being on my team. I couldn't have asked. I could have searched the world over, tried to reach out, gone to all the big churches, looked for talent, looked for excellence, looked for good-spirited people. I couldn't have done any better. Right here, raised up right here in our own home church, right here. We've got the best, the best of the best. Thank you for being on my team and for pouring your life into our students for the last nine years. This group is extraordinary, and I love them all so much. But now the time has come when the church must prepare to go where God plans to take us to. This leadership team, we have been in meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings for our meetings. And then we had the other meetings and those meetings. This leadership team is eagerly committed to the challenges of growth and transition. As age comes on all of us progressively and without notice, so does the development of our greatest assets. And our greatest assets in this church is the generation that we're raising up, and that is our youth. There are those among us who have given themselves to the call of God. These have served and remained faithful without a position or without a title. 
What you don't know is what happens to me when my heart sinks and I receive calls from district superintendents and pastors abroad. All of our leaders have been sought. They've been reached for. People have asked them to come. They've been offered pastorate positions, youth pastorate positions, music director positions, paid positions, positions with great honor and great respect. And every one of them, even when I approve the opportunities, just let me stop for a moment and say this, every opportunity that comes along is not a good opportunity. But even when I felt like it may be a good opportunity and I said, I approve the opportunity. If you feel like checking it out and that's where you want to go, every one of them have come back and said, Pastor, we're right where we want to be, doing right what we want to be doing. This is where God's called us. This is where we want to be. I thank God for that kind of commitment because that grows a strong leadership base for a church. Thank God. So this has caused me and challenged me to consider long-term ministry positions that will help lead this church into the future with some very gifted and loyal and anointed leaders. After more than a year of prayer and consideration, what you don't know is that I so planned to make these transitions happen a year ago. But there were things that came, and it wasn't the timing of the Lord. But now the timing has come. And after more than a year of prayer and consideration, I have asked Brother Dylan and Sister Kayla Jordan to serve as the associate pastor of this church. I'm honored to be able to work with my son and daughter-in-law. They're going to get to move in their house in about two weeks, but they live in mine. I don't know a couple anywhere that prays and loves God and studies the Word more than this couple right here. I honor them. After nine years of faithfulness to CLC, Brother Brandon and Sister Ashley Newcomer are going to be transitioning into a brand new leadership role here in this church. They are moving into a pastoral position and they will serve as the family pastor of Christian Life Church. They will be ministering to ages through 39. I'm excited that they agree. They want to be here. They want to be on this team. They can be anywhere. And I'm glad that they're here. This, of course, opens the door to the area and leaves vacancies in certain areas. But God has so fixed it and placed people right into this church that are ready to step in to leadership roles. Brother Evan and Sister Mikkel Gilliland will be transitioning into the position of our new youth pastors. And the transition is going to be seamless. And it's of the Lord. Hallelujah. She came to us a few years ago as a Purdue student, and I recall the night that God spoke to me 
about bringing her close and bringing her onto our team. When I approached her about joining our team, she was very eager. I usually feel like Dr. Chelsea Lewandowski is the smartest person in the room, particularly when it's just me and her in the room. The greatest thing is, is that she doesn't know how smart she is. Beyond her brilliance is her burning passion to give her life away to the work of the Lord. I'm thankful for Sister Chelsea. Sister Chelsea is going to be serving in a new position. It's going to be a great deal of strength to the pastoral leadership of this church. She's going to be serving as the executive assistant. She's going to be taking a great deal of weight off of Sister Cheryl, off of my wife and I, off of Brother Danny, off of the pastors of this church, and we're thankful to have her coming on board and working with us. I don't always come to you and tell you when men or women come to me and tell me they have a call to ministry. I usually put it on hold and put it on wait and see if their life proves that that calling is actually there. Some time ago a young man came and talked to me, has a call of God upon his life. I believe in his words, he said to me, I believe God is going to do a quick work in me. I agree with you, Brother Chad. Brother Chad's going to be serving as our hyphen ministry director, reaching those ages 18 through 29, single without children. I'm looking forward to seeing what God does through Brother Chad Marshall. I'm glad he's serving in this church. Brother Justin and Sister Genesis Bolin have accepted the responsibility of leading our Lebanon campus they're leading the refocus team, and I'm thankful for the work that they are doing. I believe that we're going to establish an assembly in Lebanon. Our Lebanon refocus team, I'm going to call a bunch of names tonight. While I'm calling names, I'm just going to have you stand. If I miss somebody, please forgive me because I make a list. And when I call out names, sometimes I miss somebody. And if I miss you, it's not on purpose. But the Lebanon Refocus team is Brother Donnie and Sister Mary Bowling, Brother Zach Dalton, Sister Casey Bowling. They're working directly under Brother Justin, Sister Genesis Bowling to see that work successful. God bless you and thank you for being on the team. As a matter of fact, I text Brother Justin today. I believe this is all in the plan of God. I received a call today from a pastor that says, I need to know when your Lebanon Bible study is on Thursday. I got somebody who lives in Zionsville. I'm going to send to you. Our board of trustees, they, are, they have worked more this last year than you could possibly imagine. We've had more meetings than probably... Uh, other than the planning for the building program, this team has been meeting so very much and working so very hard and doing so many things behind the scenes that I have not been able to tell you about until tonight. And tonight I'm only going to be able to tell you just some surface things and I'll tell you more about it at our business meeting. But our board of trustees, Brother Dan Lytle, Brother Doran Saltemeyer, Brother Scott Irons, Brother Jeremy Newcomer, Brother Jason Emery, God bless you and thank you. You could stand. Thank you for serving on our board. Thank you for all you do in the church. 
our youth team, Sister Chelsea, Sister Faith Dalton, Jeremy and Kelly Newcomer, Brother Nate Dalton, thank you for serving our youth and for putting up with them and keeping them out of trouble in all the trips. You can stand. Thank you. Somebody asked on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rate children's ministry? I say a 12. We've got an incredible children's ministry. My wife, of course, is at the helm, and her heart is children in prayer. She leads a great team. We have the best teachers, the best volunteers, the best workers and laborers. Our, ki- our CLC kids fundraising, Sister Lisa Saltemeyer, keeps, the, keeps the, the, the books in the black. Thank you, Sister Lisa. Our Sunday school teacher, Sister Amanda Dalton, Debbie Henderson, Casey Bowling, Cora Shively, Michaela Brooks, Sherry Johnson, Pam Craig, Sheila Harshbarger, Ethan Irons, Marissa Irons, Tracy Kuntzman, Desa Emery, Nate Dalton, Faith Dalton, Erica Watkins, Branson Irons. Give them all a great big hand. They do it on Wednesday, Sunday. Keep this thing going. That's a great team right there. Every time we have a special event, Christmas, Easter, all of our concerts, we have a a CLC Kids Music Team, Sister Jennifer Hopper, Sister Kylie McDonald, Michaela Kuntzman, and Sister Livia Hinn always do a marvelous job, and thank you for serving. Our kids' prayer leaders, Sister Jamie Townsend, Sister Jackie Newcomer, all that happens behind the scenes. Our AVL, sound, lighting, live stream, video, all that that happens. Brother Corey Brock, Brother Sam Blackburn, Brother David Townsend, Logan Townsend, Evan Gilliland, Mikael Gilliland, Casey Bowling, Shauna Blackburn, Nicholas McDonald, Mike Johnson, Kayla Jordan, Rosa Large, Phil Butler, Alex Large, and Sister Natalie Day. Give all of them a great big God bless you and thank you for serving. When we don't see you, you're still working. You're like the Lord. Countless volunteers serve with Brother Kevin. I thank God for Brother Kevin. Brother Kevin Spangler leads a huge team. All of our parking team, parks for our elders, make sure our guests and special guests have places to park. Opens the door for you. Brother Dan Lytle, Brother Jerry Blackman, Brother Scott Irons, Branson Irons, Ethan Irons, our door greeter, Sister Andrea Shees, Callista Irons, Chelsea Lewandowski, Faith Dalton, Kathy Warth, Wharf, I'm running out of energy up here. Kate Gabe, Olivia Jones, Michael Wright, Stacy Wright, Rosa Large, Cora Shively. Thank you all for making everybody feel welcome when they come in. Our ushers, Brother Branson Irons, Everett Emery, Josh Ritchie, Branson Irons, Michaela Johnson, Nate Dalton, Ethan Irons, Justin Boland, Scott Irons, Sean Kay, Zach Dalton, Michael Wright. Give all of them a great big thank you. I'm not a coffee drinker, but when, when we're not on the Daniels Fast, I am a pastry eater and a milk drinker, and they always take care of me. Would you thank our Common ground, Grounds team, Brother Brian, Sister Chris, Kristen Worth, Sister Amanda Dalton, thank you, and all else who may volunteer that I'm not even aware of. Our Martha Ministry, Sister Nancy Emery, Sister Sheila Harshbarger that take care of so many. Our Bible study team, Jeremy and Kelly Newcomer, Wayne and Jackie Newcomer. Sean and Kara Kate, Chad Marshall, Justin and Genesis Boland, Phil and Tracy Kuntzman, Callista Irons, Jamie Townsend, Laverne Thompson, Kristen Work, Sherry Johnson, 
our cleaning team, Sister Nancy Emery, Brother Tom Clark, Sister Mikkel Gilliland, thank all of them for all the work that they do. Keep this place looking good, cleaned up. There's a purpose to all this. It's all going to make sense in a minute why I'm taking the time out in the middle of my message to do this. We have an incredible worship team, second to none. Our musicians, Brother Andrew Day, Brandon Newcomer, Danny Lytle, Dylan Jordan, Drew Shively, and Noah Townsend, led by Sister Cheryl Lytle, all with a spirit of excellence. Give them a great big thank you, and God bless you. Our choir and frontline singers, Abigail Kutzman, Abby Craig, Aiden Idle, Lytle, Andrea Shees, Ashley Newcomer, Callista Irons, Kara Kay, Cassie Irons, Chad Marshall, Cora Shively, Dasa Emery, Dalton Jones, Erica Watkins, Ethan Irons, Evan Gilliland, Genesis Bolin, Haley Kaplinger, Jackie Haynes, Jamie Townsend, Jennifer Hopper, Kate Gade, Kathy Wharf, Kayla Jordan, Kelly Newcomer, Kylie McDonald, Lyndon Finney, Michaela Kuntzman, Marissa Irons, Michaela Brooks, Mikhail Gilliland, Natalie Day, Nate Dalton, Nathan Shees, Olivia Jones, Pam Craig, Phil Kuntzman, Sherry Johnson, Shauna Blackburn, Stacy Wright. That's the crew. You drive up, see the yard mowed in the summer looking good. It doesn't mow itself, and we don't have one of those automatic mowers. But Brother Dan Lytle and Brother Phil Butler have served and work, and I appreciate them for coming and making that happen. Our resident maintenance team around here that I know I can call, Brother Everett Emery, Brother Eric Watkins, Brother Mick Mulberg, call them, come, I need some help. Here they are, helping to make things happen. Thank you to every person that serves and works. And if I didn't call your name, thank you for wherever you serve and whatever you do. Over the next few weeks and months, many more names are going to be added to that list. Some of them have not been lifetime members of this church, but they're going to be connected and put in a place to work. And if you're here tonight and you don't turn me down, I'm going to find a job for you because the attendance takers have your name. And I'm going to get it, and I'm going to get you busy working. Everybody ought to be doing something in the kingdom of God. Everybody. Everybody. The flag of truth still stands very high and flies above this assembly. In 2021, we taught over 525 individual Bible study lessons. 525, 35 exploring God's Word Bible study along, 12-week Bible study, 12 completed, completed path of life, 52 were baptized in Jesus' name in 2021, and 35 of them have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the last report I received, 13 individuals are presently involved in a Bible study right now. I'm pleased to tell you that in 2021, a COVID year, this church gave, gave its largest 
offering to missions that we have ever given. This church has already been doing what God has called us to do, and that is to begin to prefer others before we prefer ourselves. Because when we take care of others, God will take care of us. His word declares that if we take care and feed the hungry, that he'll take care and feed us. Pastors have told me through the years, Brother Price told me, he said, Brother Jordan, don't ever stop giving to missions because when you give to missions, God's going to give to the church. Tonight, I'm about to share some information and news with you about what God has done, and I believe it is a direct connection to your giving faithfully to every missions project that we put before you. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. COVID can't stop the church. The gates of hell can't prevail against the church. This year, we're, we, will be, we will be growing and perfecting all of our existing ministries. We will launch some brand new ministries. Some of these I already mentioned this morning, but I'll mention them again tonight. Our Lebanon Campus Refocus, Hyphen Ministry, Young Families, our World Missions Quest, Multicultural Ministries is going to grow and we are going to reach our Hispanic community locally. Our Bible study team, CLC, is going to be starting its first ever recovery mission, reaching the hurting, the addicted with hope and healing and restoration. This is the greatest time to be part of the church. I know what some may be asking tonight, Pastor. Isn't this an awful lot? You've brought a lot of changes. You've brought a lot of ideas. Listen, I'm just now bringing it to you. We've been working on this for a solid year. And God has just been putting things in order. Now we are ready to go. It is like the racehorses that have been set in the stall and the gate is just about to open. And what tonight this launch service is about is the moment here in just a little while we're going to be giving God a shout of praise. And when we do, I believe, it, I believe it's going to be the opening of the gate and we're going to come out as a church with passion and drive and heart like we never have before because God has already predestined it. Prophecies have been spoken over this church and we are about to step into some prophecies that some of you thought were dead, some of us thought were gone, some of us thought we had already outlived it and God didn't do it and somebody was a false prophet, but I believe that God is about to do it in this season and people are going to be saying, where did that come from and how did that come about and we're going to say it's nothing but the favor of God upon his church. Pastor, how are we going to finance all this? I haven't even told you about everything we're going to do. I'm not finished yet. I'm only a little over halfway. But don't worry. I can hurry. I told somebody about three or four weeks ago, I felt like what God did for us in our Lebanon campus by providing somebody to step in and take over and help us with the financial drain and strain that it was putting upon the church was like the proverbial coin in the fish's mouth that God met the need of the church and kept the door open 
for us to be able to continue the work that we're doing there. But I felt like that God was going to do something greater. And I spoke it into the atmosphere just about five weeks or six weeks ago in this pulpit when I announced what God was doing in Lebanon. I spoke it into the atmosphere and I said, but I believe that God is going to do some other things that's going to blow our mind. I had no idea what was coming. I had no idea what was about to unfold. But I, I, I just got to tell you, let me, let me share a little story with you. It begins several years ago, maybe four or five years ago, just as we were moving four years ago into this building. I recall a night that Brother Dan Lytle came to me and he said, the Lord had spoken to him. Actually, it was in the Delphi Avenue building just as we were leaving that building, transitioning into this building. I believe Brother Dan came to me and he said the Lord gave him a dream, I believe it was. And he said in that dream, the Lord showed him that somebody, somebody from some outside source that came and gave the church a donation of $500,000. I said, I claim that in Jesus' name. We were in the middle of a building project. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't preach about it, didn't talk about it. I just kept that between Brother Dan and I. We talked about it a time or two. He mentioned it in our home. We shared it. Perhaps our family knew about it. It wasn't too long after we moved into this building, just a few weeks after Brother Dan had shared that with me. Sister Charlene Mulberg came to me. Sister Charlene, I didn't talk to you before service, but you may remember this. When you came to me and said, Pastor, I just feel like that an outside source is going to bring an offering and a gift into this church, and it's going to be somewhere around $500,000. You said, I don't know where that number comes from, but that just kept coming to my mind and just kept coming to my mind. I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't preach about it. I didn't talk about it. I just stored it away somewhere in the back corner of my mind. I made some mental notes about it, and I said, we're going to see. Because when one says it, well, it might just have been a, been a bean dream that Brother Dan had. But when somebody else comes and starts telling me that they're feeling the same thing, I start saying all needs to happen is a third person to agree with them, and God can do it. Last Friday, some of the board and I went into a negotiation setting. And all I'm going to tell you tonight, I'm going to tell you more about it here at our business meeting on February 9th. But what I'm going to tell you tonight is the church received a substantial donation. It wasn't $500,000, but the church received a substantial donation that I'm going to disclose at the annual business meeting. And when you hear the, the details about this, it is going to blow your mind. On top of that, that happened on Friday. On Monday, we had somebody that called us just a, a little bit prior. And, and they, they actually called and left a message on the voicemail here at the church. I walked in. Sister Cheryl just handed me a number. She said, somebody's wanting you to call them. I immediately gave, uh, sent the email over to Brother Scott Irons. And I said, here, follow up with this. I figured it was a dead-end street. There was a realtor from Indianapolis, and they were interested in wanting to know if we still had the Delphi Avenue building for sale. To tell you how quickly that things transpired, they walked through the building last Monday, and this week we received an acceptable offer on the Delphi Avenue building. If all the inspections and everything passes, we ought to just stop and celebrate right there. 
I'll share more details with you at our annual business meeting. But the sale of that building and the donation is more than $500,000 that was already spoken that came out of nowhere in a matter of about 30 days. Some prophecies that were spoken years ago and we thought were dead are being resurrected and are coming to pass. When the church turns its attention to others, God turns his attention to the church. This miraculous funding has positioned this church for some of the most exciting days that are ahead of us. I want all of our students, everybody that's in student ministries, children, students, wherever you are in student ministries, I want you to run up here to the front. I want you to line up across here just as fast as you can. You're not moving yet. Get up here fast as you can. Come on, run up here, run up here from the back, run up here. Send your kids up here. Carry them up here if you have to. I want all the kids that's here tonight to run up here. Get up here. Hurry, 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 hurry. If I asked them not to run, they would just be running. Look at this. You, don't, you want to know what the future of this church is going to look like? You're looking at them. Future leaders, evangelists, missionaries, musicians, singers, soul winners, Bible study teachers, leaders in this church, right here. And we need to keep having revival for them. Our children and our students are worth whatever we invest. I know we're only four years out of a building project, but others can't wait. I just want to know how many in this building are ready to grow. In the next few weeks, we're going to be assembling teams finalizing plans and moving forward with the renovation and construction of the North Building. We're going to be developing our long-awaited student ministries and activity center. And we're going to do it with cash. Because God has provided what we need. Oh, somebody ought to take a moment and just give God praise because he's an on-time God. Thank you, students. Praise your way back to your seats. I won't be much longer. You can be seated. The Bible says that we must work while it is day. Many factors will propel this church into the future with substantial growth. But none are more important to us than working toward a common vision. We must work to maintain agreement and unity within this body. A unity that forms unbreakable bonds that will not be separated 
but criticism, negativity, or pettiness. We must keep others at the center of everything we do. The work of evangelism and discipleship is upon us. If we're going to have the kind of church that God has promised us, we must think of others before we think of ourselves. If we're going to disciple new converts at the rate that the Lord wants them to be added to the church, then every member of this church must feel the responsibility of discipleship. This requires our time and our best efforts. We have multiple Bible studies that are being taught, follow-up programs that are being used, but it is simply not enough without you. I know that the government is promoting social distancing, but we need fellowship within the church. When we finish the North Building, we're already talking about plans for the next thing we're going to do. A new health and wellness park with a fellowship pavilion out near the pond somewhere with a children's playground area and a place for us to be able to get together and fellowship and let the kids play and run and get together and fellowship as a church body. We're making room for others. We need a place, we need a place to be able to do that. God has blessed us with almost 15 acres. And this year, we're praying that God is going to expand that to about 40 acres. But in the meantime, there is work for each of us to do. We must connect with others. I'm asking every member of this church to make it a habit of going out of your way to spend time for others. We all get in the habit and routines. We come in the same door. We go to the same seat. We leave out the same door. We speak to the same six people and we leave over and over again. I am challenging you to step out of your comfort zone, step across the aisle. When you're invited from the leadership of this church to step across the aisle and speak to somebody, we can take the time for this side to come and speak to this side and this side to go and speak to this side. We need fellowship. Revival will cost us something. Revival has always come with a cost. Remember, there can never be a victory without winning a fight. The Israelites didn't possess the promised land just because they showed up. And we aren't going to see sustained church growth and revival just because we are a member of the church. We must prepare ourselves to do battle. That's why this season of prayer and fasting is so very important. If we're going to accomplish the things that God wants us to do and the things that are, that are possible, we must be willing to sacrifice work and give of our time, our talents, and our treasure. I do believe this with all of my heart, and I'm done and I'm finished tonight. But I believe that the brightest future for our church is right on the horizon.
God has a plan for this church, and God has a plan for every member of this church. Hold on just a minute, Brother Dylan, before you come up to play. Thank you. You were being sensitive, and it was the right time. But the future has come, and the time is now, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against this church. I close with this tonight. I want all of our leaders that I have called that are serving in new positions in our pastoral team, I want you to come and gather across the front of this room with your spouse. I want you to spread out all across the front. I want you to make room from side to side, spread out all across the front here. David was anointed of God when he was just a child. He was anointed of God to serve. He was to be the king of Israel. When David was but a lad, he was anointed and chosen by God to be the king of Israel. But at that point, he could not serve for he had to grow. There had to be a growth in him. And then there was a time when it came that David was anointed to be king of Israel. Then he served as king of Israel because he was anointed. But he would never have been affected if there had not have been for the third anointing that came upon David. And that was the anointing of the elders of, of Israel. When the elders of Israel came and they anointed David, then and only then could David operate in the level of ministry that he had been asked to serve in. That's where you come in. Tonight, I'm going to ask everybody in the building to stand with me. I'm specifically going to ask our elders. I'm going to ask those faithful members of this church that have been here for a while. And I'm going to ask those of you to come forward first tonight. And then we're going to have a second wave of prayer. But I want you to come forward tonight. And I want you to lay hands on these ministry leaders. Come on now. I want all of our elders in the church, those that have been members around here for a while, I want you to come and lay hands on these folks that are here. Maybe you're in one of the ministries. You're going to fall into one of the ministries of this church, and that one of the ministries that one of these are leading. I want you to come. I want you to come and lay hands on these that are here. As you come forward and lay hands, thank you, Brother Drew. As you come, I want you to lay hands on these that are here to pray. Don't be, don't be nervous about this. I know some of you aren't accustomed to this, but I'm calling you. I'm asking you. I need you. Some of you have kids in the youth program. You need to be up here in the front right now. You need to come on forward right now. We need you to come and lay hands on these leaders right now. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to anoint them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to ask God to help them to do the impossible. God has called them. Man has positioned them. But God has also positioned them. And then tonight, this church is going to lay hands on them. That they're going to be able to walk in the anointing of which God has called them. Now I want all the rest of you to step out. All of our youth. I want you to come in behind these elders tonight. We're going to create a prayer line all across this place tonight. We're going to lay hands on these that God has chosen. On these that God is going to use tonight. And we're going to pray over them right now. I want you to find somebody. I want you to find somebody to pray with. Come on, everybody. There's room for everybody. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to pray the anointing of the Lord over them. I want you to pray the blessings of the Lord over them. I want you to pray the quickening of God's Spirit upon them. 
we're all going higher. Come on, bless them with your prayer. Pray a blessing over them. Pray a blessing over them. Yes. Pray a blessing over them right now. Come on, that's it. That's it in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Come on, pray the prayer of faith. See them being used mightily. See God working through them mightily. That's it. Pray earnestly for them. Pray the anointing of the Lord over them. Come on, God's going to take us all to places we haven't been before. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. It's all right. Just step from where you are and change change groups. Just step over and pray for somebody else now. Just move from one to the other. We're going to pray over everybody that's here tonight. Just move from one to the other. Find the next, the next group to pray for. Lay hands on them and pray over them. Pray in the Holy Ghost over them. Let the Spirit of God use you. If God speaks a word, do you share it with them? Hallelujah. 